Pastor Jim News and Mr. Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the 14th day of April 2020. We're broadcasting you today from North Central West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in the 19th chapter of the book of John, beginning verse 17, talking about the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But before we do, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, that you anoint your word, which you said will come out. And not come back void, but do that what you sent it to do. We ask you, Lord, you know every individual is going to hear this broadcast, you know every need in their lives. And we ask you to minister to the people today, Father, in this hour and this day. Lord, bring salvation, bring healing. Lord, bring signs and wonders. Lord, send your word out and heal them. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Last time we talked about Pontius Pilate doing everything he could to uh, to to set our Lord free. We know that that wasn't going to be the the hatred of the people, the intensity, the malice, the animosity that they they held towards him was. Uh, uh, horrible. Uh, we know that he that they let a man go who was a robber, a killer, a insurrectionist, and uh, they cried the words, "Let his blood be upon our hands." We have no king but Caesar. So they made a choice. They chose who Caesar that um, that. That particular government in A.D. 70, as Jesus predicted, would level their temple, and um, and they rejected Christ. But we know that there's coming a day when they're going to receive him according to the word of God. So in chapter 19, beginning with verse verse 17, we have Jesus being uh, taken to the cross. Verse 17 states, And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. This is what he was sent to do. The Bible says, This man who knew no sin became sin, that me and you might be set free from the power of of sin. I've stated many times, I probably I probably stated way too much, but it's true that man's problem is and always will be sin. Everything you see going on today in the world, the evil, the pandemics, 
the situations, the circumstances, the chaos is caused by sin. Sin brings confusion. Sin, unless it is addressed by the cross of Jesus Christ and his finished work, will bring, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he was bearing his cross. The Bible states that everyone that is accursed or anybody that hangs on a tree is accursed. And we know that the Bible declares there was no guile found in his mouth. John the Baptist said, for he's the perfect lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So once again, how are we going to address our sins? Well, I've never sinned. Well, you stick or you're a liar. All have sinned to come short of the glory of God. According to what the Word of God says, all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. So we need to address our sins. We need to be face-to-face with them. We need to deal with them. And the only way we can deal with our sins is through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only answer. The only answer we have today for our sins is receiving Christ as our Savior, allowing his precious blood that covers, the Bible said, a multitude of sin. From every degree, from every type, the Bible declares there's only one unpardonable sin, and that's the blasphemy or the rejection of Jesus Christ, which he is the plan of God from the foundation of the world. Verse 18, where they crucified him. Now, back up in 17, in Mark chapter 15, Mark points out something here, beginning with verse verse 21. And they and they compel one Simon, a, a, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus to bear his cross. This was when he fell under the weight of it. And they bring him into the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of the skull. Verse 18, where they crucified him. Where they crucified him. In other words, where they killed him. Uh, This is where he paid, once again. His blood was shed before he came to the cross, and we know that he was beaten in Pilate's courtyard, judgment hall. And the Bible declares his stripes, by his stripes, it means you're healed. He was chastised for our what? Peace of mind. And he bare our iniquities according to what the Bible says. So our Lord and Savior paid the price. And they crucified him. This is his passion. This is his time of suffering. This is what he said many times that I have come to do is to die, that many might live. Isaiah fifty three twelve, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. Listen now, and he was numbered with the transgressors and bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. In other words, the go-between, the mediator. The Bible says one mediator between God and man, 
and that's the man, Christ Jesus. Where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. He was the man on the middle cross. Verse 19, and Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Maybe in kind of a mocking way, but yet truth. He's not only the King of the Jews, he's the King of everybody and everything. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the Bible declares he's coming back before too long to rule and reign. Hebrews says that he'll, this world will be wrapped up like a vesture, folded, folded. The world, as we know, it is heading for a, a regeneration, so to speak, a, re, a revamping. This world will never end, but it's certainly going to be renewed. Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. And things are coming to pass. He said, he said this is just the beginning of sorrows. For birth pangs, for travail, all creation, the Bible says, groans for what is coming. So the Christian should not be surprised what's going on in the world today. So the sign said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of Jews, King of the Jews. And of course, this was intended as sarcasm. It was truth written or inspired by the Holy Spirit in the book of John. Verse 20. This title then read many of the Jews. They were very offended by this. Remember, they just said, we had no king to Caesar. For the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Hebrews 13, 12, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his blood, suffered without the gate. This is not to the city or out, outside the gate. 21, Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Verse 22, Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. In other words, it's going to stay that way. So, Romans law, one sentence was passed. It was forbidden that they reverse the sentence. In other words, this is what he was charged of. He was charged for calling himself God, for calling himself the king of the Jews, which is all true. He, he was, he is God, and he is the king of the Jews, and king of all, and it was a true statement, because he will always be the king of the Jews, and that's certainly going to come to pass, as uh, John said in what revelation, for I saw upon his vesture written, king of kings and lord of lords, hair like wool, eyes like fire, feet like brass, which indicates judgment and wrath. So he's, he's the eternal judge. When he comes back this time, he's not going to be mocked. He's not going to be scourged. He's coming back to judge. He's coming back to take back 
the planet. Kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violence must take it by force. He's coming back to overthrow all of evil, the Bible declares, especially after the thousand-year reign. Sanctum will be bound for 1,000 years, after which he's loose for a season, and then the power of God will eradicate him and all evil and cast him into the lake of fire. And then the Bible says it will be the blessed eternal age. We'll see him never touch this earth again. Death, my Lord, will never touch this earth again. Confusion and chaos will never touch this earth again. The song said, no reefs of death on my mansion's door. Teardrops aren't welcome beyond the gates of glory. Listen now. This is the eternal bliss that's coming to those that believe in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Daniel said that many, that all will be resurrected, some to everlasting life and some to eternal damnation. Verse 22, John 19. Pilate answered, what I've written, I've written. In other words, it's, it's done. Verse 23, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, in other words, put the nails in his hands and in his feet, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier, a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. In Luke, Luke stated in chapter 23, verse 34, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. It was all big game to a lot of them there. But we notice the scriptures say that one Roman soldier, after seeing Jesus give up the ghost, after his side was pierced and he gave up the ghost, he bowed and said, truly, this was the Son of God. See, that has to come through revelation. You don't see that in the flesh. You don't see that in the natural. This is a supernatural revelation that Jesus Christ be revealing to people. And he is the son of the living God who sits by the Father's right hand right now making intercession for me and for you. Verse 24. Then said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. In other words, the seamless coat. Whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled which saith a part of my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, did the soldiers, or the soldiers did. This is quoting Psalms 22:18. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Now, Jesus Christ is on a cross dying for the sins of the world, dying for the entirety of the world, dying for the healing of the world, the deliverance of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, doing what he came to do. He said, he told him to destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. He says, a wicked and perverse generation looks for a sign, but see, there will only be one sign. That's a sign of the prophet Jonah. For three days was he in the belly of the fish, and on the third day did he come out. 25. Now there stood by the cross of who Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and 
Mary Magdalene, which we know that Jesus had cast seven devils out of. 26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple, the one disciple, which was, of course, John, standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Even in his dying hour, our Lord and Savior was concerned about his mother. Now, it's believed and taught that Joseph was now dead, and uh, and his other brethren were not convinced he was the Messiah. This was later they uh, would would write books uh, in the Bible inspired by God, uh, James, and also Judas. So he he turned the care of his mother over to to John. Twenty seven. Then saith he to to the disciples, which is John, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own house. Of course, this is John writing the book, and he ought to know. 28, chapter 19 of John, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now what accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. I thirst. Psalms 22, once again. Verse 15, my strength is dried up like a potsherd, my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. This was all allowed by God the Father. 29, and they were set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put on a, put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. Now, that hyssop there, <clears throat> we first read about that little plant at the time of the Passover. This is what God instructed Moses to do is once once the blood of the lamb was in the basin, to take the hyssop and apply the blood over the doorstop, which would bring protection that the death angel could not enter into the house and destroy anyone. The Bible declares that even Egyptians done this. So this this shows you this is a universal thing. It's just not for one group of people. Jesus Christ died for every man, woman, boy, girl that was ever born. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So this hyssop was used to put the blood on the doorpost. At the first Passover, it's also symbolic of the of the humanity, which we know he was all God and all man, the humanity of Jesus Christ. He had to die as a man. The Bible said there's a man sitting by the right hand of God. There's one mediator between God and man. The Bible says the man, Christ Jesus, the second Adam. The Bible says through one man, Adam, sin came into the world. But through the second Adam, sin was eradicated. Verse 30, when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. When those words were spoken, yes, he died. But we know that was not 
the final work he was going to do. He was going to be resurrected. Uh, it's some of the world's greatest words when he bowed his head. And he, here we have, he fulfilled the scriptures. He, first of all, he fulfilled the law. The Bible says he come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. He fulfilled Genesis 3.15, for the seed of the woman shall crush the head for the seed of the serpent. And all the other messianic scriptures that was prophesied by his stripes we are healed, chastisement of, of our peace is upon him. He was bruised for our iniquities, took away our sin. And the sin debt was paid. Once again, you're either going to let him pay the sin debt or you'll pay it. It has to be paid for. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is what the Bible is forced to point to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament concealed in the New Testament revealed. So there was a debt discharged here. That word finished means the discharging of a debt. To me and you were purchased off of the auction block of sin. Every man, woman, boy, or girl needs the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life. You can't live good enough. You're not certainly not righteous enough. I'm not righteous enough. No one is righteous enough. Because the Bible says our righteousness is but filthy rags. The only way that you can get rid of your sin and not have that sin hanging over your head is through the blood of Jesus Christ. God, the Bible says, smit the son. He was smitten of God, the Bible says. In other words, for a season, turned his back on him because the wrath of a thrice holy God against sin was satisfied. But how holy he is. Read Isaiah 6. See? But he's merciful. He's kind. He's full of grace, full of goodness. We're living in the age of grace right now. Today is the day of salvation. Come unto me, you're heavy laden in labor, and I will give you rest. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. John 19, 31. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for the Sabbath day was, was a high day, they sought Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. This uh, this is not the regular Sabbath. This is the Passover, which is which was also called what the Sabbath. This is the once a year thing around the month of April. I think the Bible says the fourteenth day of Nisan. So they besought Pilate that their legs might be broken. Now we know the scripture says that that the legs of Christ was not broken. So the shock of the broken legs would kill the victims in order that they might be taken down. They're not being left on the cross during the Passover. 
John 19.32, Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. 33. When they came to Jesus and saw he was dead already, they break not his legs. Once again, fulfilling scripture, Psalms 34.20, He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. It's amazing how the scriptures are fulfilled. Every T's cross, every I's dotted, appear at the end of every sentence, every jot and every tittle. 34. <clears throat> but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came out their blood and water. Proclaimed the blood and the water, many proclaimed it because of a ruptured and a broken heart. He bore the sins of the world in the body of a man. In the body of a man. Listen, he was God. And he could have come down off the cross. The song says he could have called 10,000 angels. But he came to fulfill what he was sent to do. The Bible declares that Jesus Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world. Isaiah said, come and let us reason together that though your sins be as scarlet, so shall they be as white as snow. 37, John 1937. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierce. That's how the book of Zechariah was talking about when Christ comes back to the Jewish people and they receive him. Zechariah 12.10 And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of where Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. They shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. Wow. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. This is when the judicial blindness and the blinding of the eyes is pulled away. And they will say, where did you get those scars? And he will say, I got them in the house of my friends. God has never left Israel. The church has never taken the place of Israel. The Bible declares there's a time coming called Jacob's trouble, and the Messiah, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, will be revealed in fullness under the Jewish nation. Prophecy that is about to come to pass. So here we have the picture today, and the truth of the crucifixion of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and how he saved our soul. That work that he did, that obedience the Bible says obedience even unto death. He who knew no sin became sin. The, the what the kenosis, the pouring out of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He gave it all that day. And because he did, men can be saved. But the Bible said there's multitude upon multitude standing in the valley of decision. Maybe you're one of those today. Do I need Jesus Christ? Let me answer that for you. Yes. Can I get to God in any other way? Let me answer it for you again. No. One way unto God. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and I am the light. And no man comes of the Father except it be through me. The only reconciliation point between God and man is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart to God raising from the dead. Repent of your sins. Make a conscious decision to return and go in the direction that God wants you to go. 
And the Bible says, denounce your sins. Ask him to sit on the throne of your heart. Ask him to be Lord wow, of your life today. Let Jesus take over. We're living in a day, the Bible says, John said plainly that the spirit of the Antichrist was even working back on that day. That spirit. That spirit, the Bible says, of iniquity or lawlessness, bringing chaos, bringing situations and problems, confounding the minds of men, where men, it's getting to the point that they'll have no answers for what's going on. This is why Luke said that men's hearts will fail them for what they see coming on the face of the earth. Can I tell you today that you'll not, you'll not find peace in this world or any man in this world or any entity or country or government, but you'll find peace in the Prince of Peace which is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The great man of God, Paul, said, that which I committed unto him, he's able to keep against that day. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus also said, I come and I go to repair you a place that where I am, there you may be also. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let fear and dread and hopelessness abide in your life today. Jesus Christ, the Bible declares, is the hope of glory. And hope today is an anchor for the soul. And they looked upon him and they pierced now, the Bible declares that Jesus Christ sits by the Father's right hand right now, making intercession for me and for you, is touched with our infirmities. But soon he's coming back. He'll rise off that, that seat and step to the edge of glory and call his church home. And the Bible says seven years of tribulation shall follow. Three and a half years, and then the last three and a half years will be called the great Tribulation of time that Jesus said that men has never seen. We're just leading up to all that. This what what's going on now is nothing compared to what will be. Once again, these are the beginning of sorrow. These are these are birth pangs. These are travail, a time of travail, bringing forth the new heaven and the new earth. Creation groans. The Bible declares. John said, "I saw." New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, 1,500 square miles. Jesus said, behold, I'll make all things new. He'll wipe away the tears, the Bible says. This is the hope of glory. And the Bible says when we see these things come to pass, the thing that's going on right now, right before our eyes, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Paul said, said in Thessalonians that me and you should not be surprised or be taken unaware what is going on, that our hope is in Jesus Christ. It's it not in religion, denominations, preachers, even other Christians. Now, we need that fellowship, and certainly the church, my God, needs unity. That's so evident in these days. But he says, I will have a church without spot and without wrinkle. 
But the Bible says this, search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. With trembling and with fear. Unless that day pass you by. If you think you have no need to go further, if you think you've arrived, if you think, uh, I don't need any more teaching, I don't need to read the Word of God, I've arrived, well, then you're deceived. Because the Bible says we're going to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. We'll never, ever quit learning of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, knowing the grace and the knowledge that abides in him, which is which, which you can't exhaust. You'll never exhaust. So seek him while he may be found. Call upon the name of the Lord. I can remember years ago, I haven't seen it for a long time. In my area, billboards would have the words, wise men still seek him. The Bible declares the beginning of, of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Do you know Jesus Christ today? Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. And we know today that you're operating, that you're moving, that nothing takes you by surprise. And we ask you today, whoever hears this particular broadcast, Lord, that you'd touch them, that you'd draw them with your spirit, that they'd receive you, that you'd heal bodies and heal minds and heal spirits, deliver today from the bondages Lord, you said in your word you were manifested that you might destroy the works of the evil one of the devil. And I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would touch, heal, and deliver. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. You can hear this broadcast on Biblical News Report Talk Radio and also Truth in the Word. Leave us a comment. Leave us a testimony, a prayer request, whatever you want to do. And uh, we pray that the Word of God blesses your soul. Get your eyes upon Jesus today. Study the Word of God. Show yourself approved of workmen that needeth not to be ashamed. These words are alive. It's still the bestseller. Still the greatest words ever written is the inspired Word of an Almighty God. God bless each and every one of you. Until next time, God bless. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want.